Here we go, everybody. Welcome to a new week with Aid Station X-Rays. I'm Valerie. I am here with Chris for another great week of adventurous stories. What's happening, Chris? Oh, just living the dream. How are you? You know, also living the dream. I love it. I love it. Every day waking up and I just can't wait to run. Did I sound convincing enough? <laughs> uh, you could add a little bit more sarcasm and then that would be perfect. Shit. Okay, I'll I'll work on that. But maybe while you could working... edit it out, and we could try it again. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even worth it. We're good. But if we're <laughs> going to talk about living the dream, um, our guest tonight is somebody who is literally living proof that hard work and maybe a little bit of grit and determination, and probably a couple of uh, bags of fucks, can get you anywhere. Uh, as he just lived the dream and became an Iron Man in his first 140.6, Mikey Tanza, welcome. Yo, hey, how's it going? It was <laughs> a little bit of grit in my life. I'm all grit. I'm sandpaper, like the <laughs> most, most scratchiest kind, 44. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, thank you for calling me an Iron Man. I only, uh, um, I only respond to Iron Man. Now, if anybody ever like wants to speak, it's really, really a distraction in the workplace because they don't know what's going on. They think I've lost my mind. I have, but damn it, I'm an Iron Man. I can do that thing now, right? Yes, and you deserve you deserve that. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean that happens. I remember the first the first Pittsburgh marathon. I slept with my medal for like a week. I wasn't taking that thing up. He'd have to fight me. I put it in my lunchbox to go to work. <laughs> Wait, no. Fact, I stayed at the house where Tanza and Ben Holly and Kate um, and Kenny and Sarge, everybody was staying. I stayed at that house that night, and I slept on the couch, and I watched Tanza go to bed and wake up with his medal on. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, she didn't, like, watch me wake up with my medal on. She more well, of, no. like... Trying to figure out my cell phone that I set seven different alarms for because I, <laughs> I, 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 good thing I had people with me because I set the alarm to wake up for the race the wrong day. <laughs> so, yeah, just so trying to figure out how to turn my phone off. And then I, I am a man of many alarms. So I do one every five minutes for an hour until I got to be up. So I, I like to keep the body guessing and the REM sleep up and down, you know? Well, you're a yeah. day ahead. We've we've established that already. You're just <laughs> living in the future. Exactly. I live in the future. I, I set my alarm for races two days in advance on the wrong day. I forget my running shoes at the Pittsburgh Marathon. I have to run in ones that were two years old. I'm a I'm a hot mess. I, when it comes to race day, I am not your your uh, <laughs> your polished athlete per se. I like to say I fall in the misfit category or the black sheep. <laughs> those are our people that's 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 the right crowd you took that to another level when you woke up the morning of the ohio 70.3 this year yeah bummer that that one was uh that one was a little bit more than just uh i don't i don't even know what i want to say like misfitness can you walk me through what happened that morning when I was born. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's take it back. How I got into this, um, I, I was, dude, I was so fat. 
And I wasn't fat. I, was, I had a gravitational pull. Like, I was, you know, planet. And I um, couldn't go up, like, steps or stairs without, like, being completely winded. I was 300 plus, And I had this little fun thing because when you get fat, your body doesn't want to work so well. Uh, I got, I, I went into a head and AFib attack. And that's when I first started to want to change my life around. I'm like, oh, wow. Like my kids seeing me getting hauled off on a gurney. My, my heart's going, sound like a, like a Pantera drum beat. It was way out of whack. Uh, well, it reared its head again. I got in shape since then, done a bunch of halves, did uh 70.3, you know, a year ago. But, and I was really jacked up for Ohio. Because this one wasn't my uh, freshman race. I was really, really, really excited. And I was trying to push out a deuce a little too hard. And my heart was like, hey, remember me? I'm Mr. AFib. I'm still here. So the morning of the race, got my tri-kit on. I, um, my arterial fibrillation, which if you don't know what that is, it's the top is beating twice and the bottom is beating once. So it's like, da-da-da, Most people don't even feel it, but I feel it really i'm really sensitive to it so you know as any maniac would do i was all upset i was like if i take a shower i'm gonna be okay i went upstairs my wife's like why haven't you left yet i'm like oh, i'm a fucking afit uh, i'm gonna take a shower she's like what's that gonna do and i'm like i don't know like maybe work or something like maybe they'll help i love up. this guy <laughs> a shower he fixes a lot of shit right now <laughs> a shower a shower can fix a lot, you know. You I mean, it helps sad. when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a shower is like a warm hug, you know. It's like, or a freezing kick in the ass, depending on which way you want to go. So I, like, okay, I'm still an AFib. My wife's staring at me. She's like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> I'm just gonna go get my bike. She's like, no. And I'm like, she's like, I am. Call-. She had a call, like, you know, my handle. Sorry, and all the people like, Mike is an AFib. Do not let him. Run. And I roll up and I got there way before everybody else. And they kind of saw me and they're like, hey, dude. And Kenny called me on the way. He's like, are you going to race? I'm like, no. And he's calling my bullshit. Go <laughs> get your shit checked out. I'm like, I'm good. And they're like, no. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm surprised like bouncers didn't run out and grab me and tackle me. Like I was still going, but I, I thought about it and I thought about the kids. And all of a sudden, like, you know, a reality check came in. It's like, this is your heart, bro. This isn't like pinky like or like a fracture because i would still do it with a fracture who gives a shit i'll grow another arm or a leg uh and i i made the wise choice i you know i was in tears when i saw the team because you know we were taking pictures the day before we were all super stoked all our bikes were lined up together i was more sad that they were going to be worrying about why my bike was gone so i got there before everybody yanked my bike out of transition packed it up still an afib like a dumbass you know, because I got to get my tri bike because it's like my baby. Pack my bike up, go home and take a nap. My wife, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. It's early in the morning. She's like, go to the fucking ER. And I'm <laughs> like, it's not even early. Like, Chris, it, it, to put this into perspective, this is all going on at like 3 30 in the morning because the house that all the girls were staying at, like, we're all not really asleep, half asleep. And the next thing you know, we're all up, you know, the girls are drinking coffee and they're like, <gasps> Tanza's an AFib. Tanza's an So everybody's like freaking out and worrying about Tanza because we're like, he's not going to try to race. Is he? he better not try to race. We're not going to let him race. And you've got Grace and Bird who are both nurses and they're like, right. no, 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 no. He's got to go to the doctors. He needs to go to the doctors and here's Tanza like, I'm going to take a nap. 
And M too. M from Arizona, formerly from Pittsburgh. She's a, uh, and I don't know if she's a nurse or a high level EMT, but there was a lot. Of, I didn't realize there were so many nurses on the team. I wouldn't have said nothing because you guys <laughs> came down on me. They're like, "Did you take your? Did you take your uh, your beta block?" I'm like, "How do you guys know about this shit?" And they're like, "We're all nurses." I'm like, "I thought you guys were all just triathletes. I didn't know you have real lives." Like, <laughs> so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went home and took a nap and went to the ER and. Died. Yeah, you're not racing. You're not doing none of this shit. I'm like, okay, bet. Um, scan my heart, take the pictures, and let's get this fucking going, dude. Like, I have Iron Leaks. Or no, it was in July. It was July. It was Ohio. I had about four to six weeks before for the full Ironman. I'm like, you, I told the doctor, I'm like, well, you guys need to figure this shit out because I'm going, and we're not having this happen again. And they're like, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And, it came down to what I thought it was, stress, no sleep, dehydration, grinding, put burning the candle at both ends, and I was just mentally and physically beat from my job. I have a very demanding job. I'm a, I won't say this in case they, uh, they listen, and I'm sure I'm going to let some stuff fly here, but I work for a very, um, I work for a publicly traded company, and it's, it's, it can be pretty stressful. When you talk about burning the candle at both ends. You knew coming out of this AFAB attack. Is it called an attack? I don't even know. See? I don't know. It's called bullshit in my eyes. Okay. <laughs> when, this, when this bullshit happened and you walk out of the doctor's office that day and, and they were like, okay, we're going to figure this out. But in the back of your mind, you know, I've got a race twice as big coming up. Mentally, what kind of spot did that put you in? Knowing Honestly. like you obviously like you can't quit your job like you need your job because you got to pay your bills all yeah, of this stuff yeah. that we do all this training this racing it's great and it's supplementary to our life but it it's not who we are and it doesn't it doesn't take care of your mortgage tomorrow like that's still due you know your car payments still due next week you still have all you know so you you can't get rid of the stressful job you've got a family that's not going anywhere what's going through your mind when that happens. How much life insurance do I have? Because I'm going to race and I want to make sure my wife is covered when I croak. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm like, okay, if I do this and I keel over, how, what's my policy? Like, are they going to be good? How long are they good? No, all seriousness. Um, no, I, I, I took a step back as a mature person that I, someone told me I need to be at 41 years old. I got to figure that part out still. Um, I, I thought about the pros and cons and like, you know, the, the risk versus benefit. I'm like, okay, what's the risk? You, you go into AFib. What kind of AFib do you have? Let's die. Let's figure this out. Oh, it's the A type, whatever the hell that is. You know what most people like, I hear people on your podcast who talk about, oh, I tore my, 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 my filibuster or something. Like everybody knows these medical terms. I'm just, I'm over here Googling stuff. And I'm like, no, Google's not my friend. Let's not look at this until the doctor said, Hey, what you have, we're not worried about it because you aren't having the type that causes blood clots and strokes. I'm like, Oh, well, that's cool. I don't want that type. I'll take the other one. And he's like, no, really? I'd, let's, let's scan your heart. Let's do some tests. I'm like, all right, we'll do that. And then like, what I thought to myself was, you know what? Let's train, keep going. And you know, by the way, training now at six weeks out is a bitch. It's seven hour bike rides. It's 20 mile, seven hour bike rides on Saturday. 20 mile runs on Sunday. And that's not even all the bag of tricks that Scott will throw at you during the week. He's like, Oh, we're going to do a 4,400 yard swim, a 10 mile, you know, easy run. Ha ha. 
on Wednesday. And I'm like, let's just go into it. Like, let's train, let's train, do, let's go back. Let's dial it back. Let's go back to training for the reason why you started the training. It wasn't a race. It was to get healthy, some sleep. Let's just do some checks and balances on the body. All right. It's my body. It's not the doctor's body. It's not anybody else's. I know my body. It's my body. Um, so let's figure it out. So I just got more sleep. I hydrated well. I de-stressed. I just calmed down. I'm like, let's see where we're at. Went to the cardiologist. They said, we can't do any of your scans until November. And I, <laughs> I'm like, you. you can't. And I'm like, this is life or death. He's like, what do you mean life or death? I mean, they're going to be an Iron Man or dead. He goes, oh, well, we'll see if something opens up for you. So, I mean, I just took it back, Val. I just took it back. Dialed it back and just stayed on the training path and looked at Ohio and said, who cares? Who cares? That race wasn't your A race. That was the race that was going to be practice. Your health is more important. Let's just see where this shit goes. Let's take it easy. If you start feeling bad, let's dial it back. To be honest with you, it was a godsend because I got to figure out me more. I got to figure out the mechanics of my machine more and know when I'm going too hard or whatever and learn and learning to learn to identify those like call outs per se. Like, hey, dude. <laughs> Shit, you went a little hard last night with the boys. Maybe we're not doing a 12-mile run today. Maybe we're doing a three-mile run and uh, some Gatorade. So I'm just <laughs> just learned. I, li- I learned to start listening to me, to my body. Which is huge, especially doing what we all do right now. Like, And, and I think that we all know that we've got training plans. You've yeah. got a plan, and the plan's built a certain way, and it's built a certain way for a reason, and I understand that. And we probably drive the coaches nuts some days because – there's just times that they were just like, oh, you know, like I, I know we've all skipped a, a training day here or there, or maybe not necessarily skipped it, but we've altered it for whatever we need to do. But I think the hardest part about doing all of this and learning about yourself doing it all is learning when, when it's your body telling you like, hey, we need to take a step back. And when it's just your brain saying, I just don't feel like it today. That's a hard, that's a hard line to depict. And I, I'm proud of you for finding the line and using it for your own health and your physical well-being yeah i appreciate that like because even scott like my was like i gained a different level of respect for you because you know everybody knows me as the outspoken maniac and they don't see the other side where i put on a you know dude or, or you know that kind of stuff and I'm, I'm a corporate man but they see me more they see like the party boy think about jackass i'm definitely party boy like, I am always down to have a good time, you know, unclothed or clothed, whatever. No, honey, suck my wife's here. No, I don't take my clothes <laughs> off. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he said, he goes, hey, I, I really appreciate that you listen to yourself. And like, you know, and, that, and that was another thing was communication during that time. Like talking to Scott and being like, hey, dude, like, I feel good. I feel good. He's like, I'm like, crank, and I'm telling him, like, crank up the dial, crank up the dial. He's like, okay. So even like the coaches in victory, like we're concerned and they also worked with it. They're like, we're not going to go start slamming you against the wall, like hot paint. Let's, let's start slow. And me being an idiot and like, I, just, I call, I'm just like an ape. I'm like, just throw it all at me. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's, let's go slow. And I'm like, I don't want slow. Just throw everything. Throw the fucking kitchen at me. I'm like, no, I, no, go slow. I'm like, fine. I'm like a toddler. <laughs> so we just, you know, it was different. Like it definitely was a became a more of a mature person when it came to racing. Cause this is all I'm new to all this shit. Like I, I am not a racer. I am definitely the, 
the black sheep of triathlon and the black sheep of all the shit. So I, I learned just to calm down and take inventory, take personal inventory. Which is hard because, like you said, you were a newbie to this. This wasn't your second or third or fifth or 15th full Ironman. This was your first full Ironman coming up after Ohio. Yeah. So not just, you know, the unknowns of, okay, well, how's my body going to hold up to a full race day of, of this? You know, a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike, and then and then let's run a full marathon. You know, then you've got all these other not underlying things because obviously they're on the surface level, but all these other revolving pieces of your puzzle that are very actively ticking away in your mind. Hey, I've got to be cognizant of this. Hey, I have to remember that. Hey, am I paying attention enough to this? Hey, where's my heart rate at? Cause I know we ran a decent chunk of the Pittsburgh half together. And there were times, you know, when you were checking your heart rate in that, like, <laughs> Oh, hang on. I got to like, I got to rev it down for a second. So was that kind of like a, when you talk about how you were, trying to listen to your body and, and, and rely on that more. Were you looking at more of that in your training going into the full? Like where was your heart rate in your feeling or, or what were you kind of using as some of your, your determining factors on, on what you needed to listen to? My wife can win some points here. I listen to my wife for all my <laughs> determining factors that I do. No, um, I, uh, yeah, I check my heart rate. So I'm kind of a hypochondriac when it comes to my heart rate. Ever since that first AFib attack, I get like high anxiety when I feel like a, a skip of the beep. Like I'm the guy on the, like you see walking around the airport with two fingers on his on his neck and looking at his watch. But I actually started to understand like speed. So I did start looking at what zone I'm in. I'm like, you're you're at 170. Let's put the R. Let's try to get it in 140. It's okay to walk. It's okay to take. Like not a break. You can't you can't stop moving. But it's okay to walk. Like let's bring your heart rate down. So I definitely if you saw me at the Pittsburgh when we were running slow down a little bit, but I learned through training now, like slowing down to get your heart rate down and you're not getting gas as much. And I, I'm a pretty simple man. I just look at heart rate as gasoline. If my if I'm running at a heart RPM at 170, which I never hit anymore, like 160, I know I'm like full throttle, so I should probably lay off the gas a little. So I have more at the end. So that's kind of how I was looking at it. Chris, I don't know about trails. Do you look at your heart rate? Like when you're on trails, you like, oh shit, after that hill, I'm at a buck 90. I should probably get down to 110 or how, how do you, how do you all? Uh, it's more like afterwards, like there's so much more that I have to focus on. Like just not just eating shit everywhere. To like, I might be able to glance at it real quick, but it's more so. Uh, I guess it's kind of the way that I've always gone. Like the numbers to me don't really hold that high of a value as I'm like in the moment. But I like to look afterwards, and I'll be and I'll analyze it and see where it goes up into zone three, zone four. If I even get there, usually. Usually I'm like a pretty steady like two and three on the trail. We're just motoring. We're not we're not flying out there. Uh, oh, see, I'm not flying anywhere. I'm, I'm lucky the days I stay in Zand. I I have I have an elevated heart rate when I'm training for whatever reason. I think I'm not. I actually had a good conversation and have will continue to have this conversation with uh, Coach Donald from uh, Global Human Performance. He trains a lot of youth track athletes. And I, I don't think I'm a productive breather. Like when I'm running, 
and even biking sometimes, I don't think that I'm breathing in the most effective way possible. I don't know if I'm not breathing deep enough. I don't know what's going on. So usually for me, like it's not, it doesn't start with my heart rate. For me, it starts with, I feel like I can't suck any air. Like literally, I feel like I can't, it's almost at the point where I can't breathe. And that's when I'll kind of check my watch and I'm like, yeah, we're in, we're like, we're almost redlining here. Like I got to dial it back for a minute or two. And that's, that's usually my determining factor is not being able to breathe. So kind of crucial for uh, getting blood flow, I guess. And, and living. Well, <laughs> I've never heard that term, a productive breather. I, can I put that on my resume? Like, I am a productive breather. Sure. If you wake up every day, you are a productive breather. <laughs> that is such a polished way to say, I don't know. I breathe like a fucking maniac. I'm a productive, I'm a productive breather. I'm like, I think that would look good. Better. I would hire you. I would hire you. Awesome. I'm a productive breather. I'm hiring them. <laughs> I'll, I'll add that on to, uh, to Indeed tomorrow. no but that i mean that's it's that's what i use and it's i think it's tough because we all look at in your plan what you're supposed to be doing for the day it's an easy day okay my easy day means my heart rate should be around here or i should feel around here and like i said i'm i try to go more by feel and coach lauren is god lover excellent at accepting my going by feel because every day that can look different for me i never really know it's just it depends on so many things how did you sleep how did you eat what kind of mood am i in no offense i know you guys are guys am i is my aunt in town um you know hold on hold on guys are guys like we don't we don't have feelings or worried like (laughs) we have football you guys that's such a you know, my, my Browns playing and beating the Steelers. No, they're going to screw up in the last quarter and we're going to give up a touchdown. And I and felt pretty stress. bad. Yeah. And my heart rate was really high. And the TV's <laughs> still there. Like, <laughs> we all have that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you know, it's, I think it's tough because it's, there's so many different things that go into any given day. It's almost like the any given Sunday thing. Like it, it doesn't matter. Any day could be a, the most perfect training. Any day could be the most shit training. And the same goes into races. You could wake up and tomorrow could be race day and it could be 70 degrees, uh, no humidity, no rain in sight, just, just ever so slightly, maybe a little bit cloudy. So it's just not full sun on you all day. And it could be beautiful. And that could be the day that your hamstring says, nope nope, we're done. It's not going anywhere. Or, yeah. you know, you could wake up and tomorrow could be 40 degrees and just torrential downpour and shit weather with thunder and lightning everywhere, but you feel amazing and you have a great, it's just crazy how. Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. And I think like Chris, could, like I could, I can, I can relate to him in the new England area. Cause I lived in Gardner, Massachusetts, which was like right on the border of uh, New Hampshire. And you could have like a nice, beautiful 65 degree weather day and go for a run. And this was happening when I was training for Muscleman. And then the next day I have icicles on my beard when it's like negative, it's like 10 degrees and a Nor'eastern rolled in. It's like, what's this shit? Um, I, about New England, actually. They said it on the news the other day. There have been three, one, two, three weekends since June without rain. Wow, that's impressive. That is like no, that stock- sucks. <laughs> like, that doesn't make for very fun training in the woods. No, like living in New England is like living in like in a guessing game. Like, okay, this summer, what will it bring us? Oh, no humidity at all in seventy-five degrees. 
What's this summer? 95 in hell, bitch. We're going to go 100% humidity, too. We're just, we're like, it's like a, a mad hatter just dealing random cards out. Or one summer, be like, last year it was definitely sitting on the surface of the sun for three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or like sending the mayflies and keep them there until July. Hey, that's why you got to get a Rupert. Yeah, don't get me started about those things. <laughs> those, oh, I hate those. They hurt so. And oh, nothing, nothing worse. Poison, satanic rituals, whatever. Nothing's go away. Like, I, I think I spent $1,000 on poison the first year we moved there. And they're just like, yeah, we're still here, dude. Like, you just made us stronger. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> it's like they could they could smell that, and they're like, "Yeah, that's my jam. Where's yeah. that coming from?" All <laughs> right. <laughs> what what was that uh that uh that cologne from uh from uh damn it the Anchorman like Black Panther or whatever? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Sex Panther. Sex Panther. Like that's their jam. Like the most vile of vile. Like, oh yeah, I like it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, m- musky people running in the woods. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> okay, now back on track for a minute, though. When, when we're talking about weather, I have to bring this up because I don't think that I've seen a more beautiful race day than the day that you guys all stepped up to the line in Maryland. <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> what do you mean beautiful? Beautiful as in like, Mysterio like rolled the dice again to swim. They had to shorten because <laughs> well that's <laughs> but that's that's the best part is like the weather was gorgeous. It was not super humid. It wasn't like full on sunny. However, there's a freaking hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> rolling that out of the thing. ocean. <laughs> that and little he, guy don't worry about that little guy <laughs> no oh my god when when gab and i parked the car that morning to walk over to the swim start and at this point we had just found out that they were shortening the swim we were literally walking along you know we were right there on on the is that that's a river right yeah we were walking right along the water's edge and the water just it looked like somebody had like blown something up out in the middle of the water and there was just like waves, 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 yeah. waves. And not just like little waves. Like, you know, this is where like the water's supposed to be calm near the edge. No, it's like big waves of like shit. If you're on a raft, like you're gone. You're down river. You're you're see a see you next Tuesday. I don't even know. When they shortened the swim initially, I know that the swim is like that's your thing. Like you didn't used to like to swim, but now that's no your swimming thing. is my jam. Like that is my peanut. That is my fluffing nut right there. So, uh, swim is swimming is my jam now. It is where I find my peace, my serenity, um, and my noise canceling headphones. Nothing like water around both earlobes. I love the swim. So how did that make you feel? Whenever you find out, like not not even what ended up happening, but just initially. We're cutting the swim in half. What's Fucking your- fantastic. I was looking at the same damn waves. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't feel they didn't do those weren't in the 25 yard pool. Like I was stoked. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, I'm really upset. I'm like, oh yeah, me too. Bummer. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't no, want to go surfing. I, I think I, I didn't actually ask you. I didn't know if like that was like a good thing, if you were happy about that or not. So I, I didn't actually know that day. To, to be honest, like it, I, I would have jumped in no matter what. I would have thrown. I would have done whatever the race thrown at me. And people have asked me too, like, do do you feel upset that you didn't get the full distance swim in? I'm like, 
No, because I was swimming in place for like a good <laughs> 10 minutes because it was so gnarly. No, I'm not upset. I It was safe. And then I also had other people like swimming on top of me. I literally like, all right, my plan was swim wide, right? Swim out wide, get away from all the little speed demons. I'm just going to be the tugboat that I am, the party barge, and just like roll roll through it, like just swim. And that's what I, because in Muscleman, I, I couldn't sight. So I was like more of a drunk party barge. I was zigging and zagging. I probably did the Ironman distance at a 1.2. I had a paddler like swim up to me and tap me on the shoulder and go, hey, bro, like you're way far out. I'm like, wait, oh yeah, I am. I was following that guy. And they're like, oh, sighting doesn't mean sight the guy in front of you and trust. Sight means like look for a location. So my sighting was like whoever is in front of me is probably better. So follow him. <laughs> not a good thing in the in the in the back of the pack. We're all equally just trying to not die. So on this race, I'm like, I learned sighting. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Like one, two, three, one, two, three, alligator eyes. I kept singing like nursery rhymes to myself. So let's just go wide and like stay away from people. I went wide. I went one, two, three, sight, one, two, three, sight, and I'm on a buoy. And I'm like, how the fuck that happened? And I'm like, <laughs> like I was wide. I was probably, you know, a good 15, 20 yards away from the buoy. And in the time I put my head down, took a breath, put my head down, did two, stro- three strokes, and sighted, I'm kissing a blow up buoy. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, maybe they were right. <laughs> this is a little <laughs> gnarly. But honestly, my swim was still good, though. I got in in 25 minutes for a 1,000 yards. Like, I was still zooming. But in that, there's also panic. And people who aren't strong swimmers, I was horrified of the water, so I made the water my best thing. Like, running, biking, fuck biking, but I'll get through it. Swimming will kill you. Like, you can drown. So I made biking my, like, my most favorite thing on uh, the bike. I started swimming, my most favorite thing. And I trained the hell out of it. And Scott trained the hell out of me on swimming. I swam three, four times a week, every week until Muscleman came. I'm sorry, until uh, the Ironman came. And they weren't, like, do 500-yard repeats. It was swim 2,500 yards until you're done. Swim 4,000 yards until you're done. Don't stop. So they really hammered, like, hammered it home. And I got out of that water and, you know, I like, I saw, yeah, I was pretty stoked that the swim was shortened because they, they called it some technological word of waterology. Yeah. Where, I don't remember either. Some kind of, it was basically equivalent of like a rip current almost. And a top current. It was yeah. both. It was like, well, we're going one way, but the water's also going the other way. The wind's saying stay here and the water's saying go there. So you're kind of just going to be stuck. Well, that's yeah. cool. So now, let's I felt I felt bad, and I and I I feel like it's tough because as a race director, I can only imagine the thought process that has to go into changing something like that on a fly for a race. Because you want to keep the athlete safe, right? You want to know that everybody who you know has trained and is showed up and is prepared that they're going to go in and they're going to come out of the water, and you're not going to have any accidents. Obviously, people have underlying health issues, and sometimes those are things you can't help. So things do happen very, very unfortunately, but you want to make sure that the race is safe enough for the athletes to compete in. So yeah, with that, you know, that that's huge. But I, I mean, the, the waves, like they, like I said, they look tough and, and I felt terrible, like knowing that you guys were going in, but you guys all got out of the water. 
you guys all got on your bike. It was super cool. I got to see you and Zach get off on the bikes. And then everybody was kind of starting to disperse. And I was like, I'm going to go back and wait at the swim finish. And I want to see everybody finish the swim. That was, there's two reasons for that. A, because it's who I am. I, I like to stay and wait for the last person. That's just, I, there's something in me that's built in just waiting for that last person and, and making sure that they've got a crowd there cheering for them. And B, because the swim is my weakest weakness. And I just, I don't, I guess I feel for those people, you know, because you put yourself in the back of the pack for a reason. And I just wanted to be Which is not the place to be, to be honest with you. <laughs> you place yourself ahead of that because then you guys will all be playing bumper cars. And that's more scarier than being in the front. When someone who's bumping into you and gets scared and grabs you, and then you may get a Ninja Turtle sidekick to your side from Mike Tanza if you grab me. And I feel really bad, but you're fighting for your life in my eyes, in the water. Essentially, though, what what really got to me watching all of those people at the end finish was uh, uh, there was a big crew of them who came in and they looked strong and everybody looked a little disoriented for a second when you guys got out of the water, A, because you just swam and B, because you essentially were just swimming in this, like you said, water's going one way, wind's going the other way. You're kind of all over the place. So everybody kind of got their bearings, but the last two swimmers who came in just, it, it looked so tough for them and I, like every piece of empathy and energy that I had I was just willing in their direction because it looked like you know if if there's a tornado in the water and it's just kind of hurling you around if that could happen that's what it looked like for them like the one guy just swam in place for 10 minutes literally there were four five six kayakers and paddleboarders around him and he was not making any forward progress it was just he was right there, not moving. I mean, he was trying. He was swimming, but he wasn't going anywhere. So I can only imagine that that had to feel almost as tiring as if you did swim your full distance. So, Oh, no, it, it did. It, yeah. I mean, it absolutely did. But to be, you know, just thinking about it, though, it's like you trust your training as well. Like, I, I look at things differently because of sports that I've done in my life. And you trust what you put in the grind. Like Kenny always says the grind knows and the grind does know. So maybe they didn't have a strong training plan. Maybe it was, I mean, I think about different variables, right? Maybe they didn't have a strong training plan. Maybe they didn't spend enough time in the pool. Maybe they didn't know how to deal with that. But then I also think the chop, it's the chop tank, but they call it the uh, chop talk, but they call it the chop tank. That's what they call that water, that body of water, the chop tank. And you can have either that crazy shit we had that day or 10,000 jellyfish stinging the shit out of you. Like, why, Maryland? Why? Answer me this, Iron Man. Why are you using that body of water of hell? It's either <laughs> jellyfish, rip currents, or hurricanes. Like, the swim has been shortened there. Scott, Scott was telling me, he talked to me the next day, he goes, hey, my first Iron Man was Maryland, and my swim was almost canceled and chopped down, too. It's like... So, like, it is a hard swim. And I think what attracts a lot of people to this race, as myself, you hear flat. Like, oh, it's a flat bike. It's a flat run. Oh, it's a brackish river water swim. Cool. This would be a good place to cut my teeth as an Ironman. <laughs> ha ha, bitch. We're going to throw 20-mile-an-hour headwinds on you on the bike every direction, and we're going to make some toilet bowl swirlies on you in the water like it's just it's just it's deceptive like you think it's easy there's no easy 
And those guys that were stuck in that wish wash and all that, I'm sure they had fear going through them. They had exhaustion going through them. And they also had the worry of being cut off because how bad would that suck? Right. Right. You're still on a time limit. They shortened the time limits too. You had an hour to get out of that water or you were done. Could you imagine getting in that water fighting for your life just to get out and they say, hey, your day's done? Yeah. And that guy, he was like 75 yards out. You know what I mean? So he was right there. I can't imagine. I'm so glad. He, like I said, he he made it in. He was safe. The race director like looked him in the eye and I could hear, I could see him asking everybody, are you okay? Like he made them make eye contact so that he knew that these oh, yeah. people were, were okay, which I thought was a really cool thing. Like huge kudos to that but i mean then you get out and now you got to get on the bike and you don't just have to get on the bike for like you know 12 miles or 20 miles or or even 56 miles you were on the bike for 112 miles of flatness and like you said i think everybody thinks oh flat course that sounds great when they asked if i would do the bike leg of the relay there i, I said yeah flat course that's great and then i very quickly remembered like if you're on a flat course yeah that's great because you don't have to go uphill at all but the nice thing about going uphill is you also go downhill. Green. And then you gain you gain some momentum to keep going for a while. And you can get a little bit of reprieve in there without really losing a ton of, of speed. And on a flat course, that's not how that works. No. All. No. And I don't <laughs> – biking is – like, I'm a big boy. I'm still a big boy. And little tiny two-inch bike seat – sorry. Hmm. Sorry, triathloners. Saddle. Sitting on a little tiny saddle, spreading cheeks on that. That's where I came up the turn, by the way, when I say spread cheeks, is because of that damn saddle. Because every time I sit on my own, spread cheeks. Like, this is rough. Sitting on that, not one hour, two, three, four, five, seven hours for a big man like me because of constant motion. Oh, man, that's not fun. Like it, it is fun. I'm sorry. It's a great sport. Everybody get healthy and run Ironman. It's not fun. Like I was, I found this 75 year old man, probably the same one. The swim, he caught up to me, and we just <laughs> sat, sat leapfrogging each other on the bike. And I'm like, oh, it's a great day, isn't it? He goes, oh, it's beautiful out here. This wind sucks. I'm like, every single way you went on that bike, the wind was blowing at you. It was like a comedy. Uh, it was I'm like, who's on first? Uh, more wind what's on second more wind just didn't let up but i mean thankfully it's tough because would you rather just have the wind and and the temperature was still nice or would you rather have the wind and it was shitty you know raining and or like god forbid if it would have been like 95 degrees that day it's that could have gone a lot of ways i don't i mean honestly i don't care what they were going to have that day i was becoming an iron man that day you could see that because we were at mile i think around mile two set up I think I don't even know um, and you could see it in your face as soon as you ran past the first time like there you were just on this next level of like no fucks given this is happening and I think the only time I saw and it was for maybe like you know like a two second break in there was after your first loop you you were coming past and we were like you look strong you're doing good and and you looked at me and you were like well, how's my pace? How's my pace looking? And I don't know if there were there were people who were like telling you guys about paces or whatever on the course. I don't know, but you're like, how's my pace looking? How's my pace looking? And I was like, don't worry about your pace. Just keep going because you look good. You look strong. And and you did. You you were killing it every time you came past us. You were trucking. You were doing a great job. 
Thanks. Because right after you was the sign that said, if you don't hit this bitch by 19 miles at 1050 at night, you're done. You're getting pulled. <laughs> so like, how's my case? Because the next sign I was going to see was, hey, just a reminder, it's still daylight, but 19 <laughs> miles by uh, 1050 or you're done. I'm like, oh, boy, no, uh not well, me. At, at the time, you know, I was also, you know, maybe a handful of drinks deep. So I didn't know how to nicely tell you, like, and I didn't want to tell you, hey, you can walk the whole time. But, like, you could have legitimately walked and you still would have been pretty, you know, you would have been okay, at least for a while. We would have told you if you had to. But somebody must have told other people other places because I know Zach was super stressed out and thought he needed to run, like, a nine-minute mile. So he was booking it out there. <laughs> well, it was it was the whole, like, short and swim because now they short, they like, the way they did it, you know, instead of being, like, Five or six of us going in the water at once. It was one by one. One lamb went to slaughter in the chop tank <laughs> at a time. So, like, you just heard the ping, and you had to stand there. It was like one at a time next to the block. So, they had to adjust all the times to still make it because there, there was a lot of pros racing, and they had to, like, I, I don't even know. Honestly, I, I don't know shit about this still. I just know when the bell goes off, you go until you cross the line. But they made the times different and, like, your cutoffs different. And the finish time was the same. I don't know. I just wanted to know, do I need to keep punching it to, to get to be an Iron Man? Because, God damn, I'm not getting a DNF. I will be damned if I had AFib in Ohio and now I'm going to get a DNF at Iron Man Maryland. I will be a damn Iron Man tonight. What do I need to do? Do I need to slaughter somebody? Do I need to, like, cut my toe off? sacrifice what's my time like i'm weird you don't want to run with me i'll take you to a dark place of humor and laughter there on like on my run i was like singing songs and going like, yelling at myself kenny knows very well how much i call myself different names and then sing songs but i needed that assurance like am i good like because my body felt good and i was really shocked this is my first marathon i ever ran after a 112 mile bike ride so i needed to know like what do I need to do here, man? Like, I'm just like, you tell me. I'm a grunt. Tell me. I'll do it. Like, go faster. Okay. Like, I'm just an idiot, per se. Like, hit your head on the wall. It'll make you faster. <laughs> See blood? <laughs> no, you did, though. You looked you looked so good. You looked so strong. And it's, and I'm glad that we were where we were, too, because we got to see you guys multiple times through the race. And hopefully. Oh, it was great. You, you guys know, are awesome breathe that breath of life in moments of like darkness where it like it got shit and it was it was funny because you know everybody as their athletes you know because like Merslax his mom was there and you know Kate and Ben's mom were there they all want to head down to the finish line to watch their athletes finish and I waited with your dad and with your father-in-law and Zach's sister was was there too and the people who kept coming through and they were like, Oh my gosh, thank you guys for being here all day. And we're like, Hey, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Like we're just, you know, grateful to be here and cheer you guys on. You're doing great. But the, the, the people, as the night went on, like it got dark out and you guys are literally black. What do you mean dark? Yeah. It was, it was, it was <laughs> the dark side of the moon, dude. They gave they us glow sticks. They had some of those like construction lights up at certain points, you know? So there was, some I'm, I'm saying some with quotations there was at the some wrong lights. part because <laughs> right? that's where the roads were good they didn't have any right. lights where the roads were shit i felt bad for people coming through because there wasn't a ton of lights so i was trying to like give people the flashlight on my phone 
so there was a little bit of light or just you know even walk alongside the course with them just for a couple steps and just be like you got this you're doing great just to give them some company because it started to get sparse like there weren't a ton of athletes out you know the later it gets and and it, it, it those that was when you started to really see the look of and there was no panic on people's faces at that point like Mm-mm. just the look of like the grind and and I don't mean like the grind like we're still smiling and we're still enjoying this the grind of like I'm gonna fucking do this I don't care what it takes hell yeah I'm fucking here to do this and and it was really cool to see that in people but like you know Zach's sister she wasn't leaving till he was heading back to the finish and I was like listen I don't care I mean obviously like Zach I could probably like pick up and carry like he's a baby he's I, I love him what a little peanut I, I told your dad at one point, I said, I don't care if I have to put Tanza on my back. Like, I will fucking carry him and drop him off right before the finish line. Like, if he breaks a tibia or fibia and he's crawling and his your dad was like, me too. We'll pull him. I don't care. So we were fully prepared, no matter what it took, that we were going to make sure you got to the finish line, which oh. you did. And, like, I don't think I've ever heard people cheer so loud in my life when you did. You know, it's funny when you talk about cheering and and when you when you cross because I thought on the bike course many a times like and here's the truth like people are always going to talk about the wins right I was looking for every type of excuse on the bike course to not finish I was like I'm gonna put this bike in the ditch right fucking now like just don't break your arm or break break half your arm and they'll understand like what how do you get off this bike and not even like you have a, and like my you, you know your brain's talking to you. I'm like, there's a marathon coming up after this play. <laughs> but it's your that. first marathon, like, your very first marathon. Yeah, people, people train all year. It's like, hey, when you're, you're done riding the trainer for 112 <laughs> miles, like you're gonna go run a marathon. I'm like, no, I'm not. I could put this, I passed this bar, fresh crabs, and then pull it up. I'm good for it. Pay you like, let me get a 12 crabs and and. Else. I'm like, here's my tracker. Bring it back. Tell them I'm okay. Shit was going through my head just on the bike. When I hit the marathon part of it and started like the loop, like when you talk about this, is why I'm saying I'm talking about finishers, that loop that Iron Man had, the three loops, you had to do the same damn course three times. That's how I trained in my uh, back home. I would run by my house three times. It was a five mile loop for my 15 mile runs and grab something, go in the house and grab something. So I saw the same stuff all the time. So seeing repetitiveness, but there was one different thing about this. Every time I hit the backside of the loop, I kept hearing, you're an Iron Man. You're an Iron Man. Hey, you, you and you, you're an Iron Man. Congratulations, you're an Iron Man. I'm like, that fueled me. And then like when I got halfway through, victory was there. It's like, come on, Tanza, let's go, let's go. It's like, okay. That's gonna get me through the next leg. This was the, this was easier. This half this marathon was easier than all the half marathons I've ever done. The full full marathon after that bike ride and swim was the easiest thing of my life because what? I just kept yeah it was easy it was the easiest part because I kept hearing every time I got to that point because the whole time during my training I played that shit in my head over and over. Mike Tanza. You are an Iron Man. I would play that in my head. I painted it on the brick wall. I'm looking at it right now. It's a half-fold M dot symbol. When I completed my 70.3, 
it's half full. I made the 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 I of the M dot bleed into the M and fill it up halfway. So every time I would sit on this damn trainer on this damn treadmill, I would say to my damn swim I had, you are an Iron Man. Mike Tanzer, you're an Iron Man. So I kept hearing that in my head. And when I got to that back loop of that fucking marathon, I would hear all those names being called. And I would say, damn it, your name is going to be called. It's not going to be called John Tanza. It's going to be Mike Tanza. You are an iron fucking man. So that fueled me. And I laughed. I laughed in the fucking grind. I said, I got you, bitch. I fucking did this. I'm grinding. I laughed all the goddamn way from mile one to 26.2 across that line. I was just laughing because you are mine. I will cross. And I fucking did. And it, it was amazing. The aid station, I was telling people on the grind too. I'm like, hey, you look bad. Do you need something, bro? And they're like, this dude's like, I need some icy hot. I'm like, well, I ain't got that shit here, but I know who does. I'm like, if you see Val, if you see the victory tent, she's got it. I'm like, maybe she'll slap some LSD on your back too if you need that. Like, <laughs> you may see Martians, but you're going to be an Iron Man today. And he's like, I DNF'd every single one I had. And I'm like, oh, go to, go to victory. Just say, I know Tanza. And they will give you anything you need. And even if you didn't say you knew me, they still give you everything they need. Like, I think it's quintessential, like, support. People laugh at spectators. Oh, you're just going to spectate? Spectating is the hardest damn sport there is in this race because you're not just bringing you're, – you're giving your emotions to the racers, no matter which racer it is. And, Val, you did that on the walk back, and I'm probably jumping into your cue card of what you're going to ask, but you gave your emotions and your heart out to everybody that ran by, even after the, all the victory athletes were done. Spectators give everything. They give their time. They're there for 15 hours watching. You guys made the race. The ra- the Ironmen are the spectators. I have ADD, by the way. I jump all over the place. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> it's it's definitely a long day, but it's it's one of the most inspiring things, I think. And I've, I've gone to lots of races to watch, you know, and I've watched half marathons, and I've watched full marathon finishers, and I've watched 70.3 finishers. And, and You watched five, me in the Porter John for 11 minutes. Of I did. Our- I watched you in the Porter John forever because I gave you a salt tab, and it tore your stomach up. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of things during a race, around a race. I've watched my kids race, but there was something different about watching this Ironman and watching everybody out there because I just... And, and it's not to detract from any other races that anybody else does. It's And I, I'm sure I'm about to see it when I go watch Chris's race. It, it's not to detract from anything that anybody else does. But when you get into these really insane distances, it's not just about these people out there like, you know, you see Kipchoge with the smile on his face. It's You, you get away from the smile on the face because now you've got the people who are literally willing themselves when they physically may not even feel like they can do it, you are mentally willing yourself through whatever you're currently going through right now. And you see their soul. Yeah. You see and their you, true you soul. You literally see through somebody while they're running up to you and their head is down and their head is hung. And like, that's why I, I try as much as I can to like make eye contact with everybody because I just want them to pick up their face. And it's, I know that sounds goofy, but like I literally will every bit of energy 
that I can. That's what Gab and I kept telling everybody. We're like, all the energy, it's coming for you. All and we kept like like pretending we were throwing things at them, like throwing our energy at people because it's Give me some just, of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it, it's it's those dark moments and and it's so inspiring to see people pushing through that because it's just next level. You're not just out there running a half marathon. And again, it's not to take away from a half marathon. You're not just out there, you know, biking like, you know, a 56 mile, like you're doing a full Ironman and, and you're 140 miles into this and, and it's, everything is gone. You have no energy. There's no food in your stomach. You are depleted to the umpteenth degree. And these people are, it was really such a cool, such a motivating moment. I would never do one. And I, yes, I you know will. I, no, nope, nope. I can confidently tell you that there, there are a few times that I say never because, you know, I'm like you never say never, but I can very confidently say I would never do a 140.6 after seeing that day. I, I just, I, I, I will, I will go in the woods. I will run 140 miles in the woods. You better damn well believe that. Well, Chris I, has got your huckleberry, right? I, I'm in. I'm in. You signed me up for that, but to, to do, to break the day down into the different disciplines, the way you guys do, that's, it just it was it was a really cool thing to watch and watching you finish and then we were all worried because we didn't know where you were because you were just eating a burrito in the tent like like nothing like you just went to the mall and you're hanging out in the food court eating a burrito worst food court ever (laughs) (laughs) but what was really cool was you know that all that all ends and we're like okay everybody's had a long day it's time to get back they take off because they just want to go get your bike out of transition. God love Chris Graham. He's like, I'll get it for you, buddy. I'll get it. Two soldiers, so straight soldier. He's like, get your bike. So and I'm like, all right. Out. You were so stressed out about that, though. You're like, my bike is my baby. And I just have to tell you, I'm like, it's okay. He's going to treat it like it's his baby, too. Like, they're going to take care of your bike. It's, it's, you're like, but all my stuff. And I like my stuff. I was like, it, it'll be okay. But we got my doobie was in there, too. Like, I needed that back. <laughs> we got you back to the car you know that kenny comes walking over he's got your bike we're getting it loaded up and you remembered that you had to mark the tick mark on your back window yeah yeah so that was was so cool i wrote i wrote out um i put on the left side of my car like i had my one sticker 70.3 i had my muscle man where my race was stickers on there and then I and then I drew an Iron Man symbol, the M dot half full, because I haven't earned the full one yet. And then I put a square with a check mark for my seventy point three that I did, and I put a square with no check mark for one hundred forty point six. So I put that chalk paint like a high school prom or graduation they do on their cars, and I and, and I I couldn't wait to check it. I'm like, gotcha, you threw it at me. You gave me your best. You gave me your worst. You gave me wind. You gave me some bullshit nautical stuff over <laughs> bundle, bumblebee tides, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> and you gave me darkness at night. You gave me cold. You gave me no light. And I got you, bitch. You I fucking got you. You almost fell over putting the check mark in. No, that wasn't me. That was the other guy. <laughs> you, you, I mean, because again, like it's all setting in. You, you, you looked a little unwell for a second, and I was like, Tanza, I, why don't you have some Gatorade or some water? And you're like, No, I'm good. And you like stumbled to the side, and Kenny's like, No, bro, like just drink it. I was like, If you don't drink this right now, I'm gonna be really pissed off. Val's like mom five thousand at races. Like, <laughs> you want a salt tablet? I don't care. You're gonna eat it. Okay. You want a margarita? Not really. You're gonna have four. 
uh, <laughs> just, just stop. You know, you know, you're gonna have what I have. Like the aid station's open. Coney Island, Coney Dogs. What do you need? I got it all. You want some gray M and M's? Sure, I got them. Like I got everything. You're. You got any gummy worms? Yep, twenty. What flavor do you want? You want Ambrose or do you want Nightcrawlers? Like which ones? <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep it fun, you know. I don't. I don't want anybody to to feel like they they are missing something that they really need that day. What that that one guy I found in the cruise? I need icy hot. I'm like, they may we have a version it. of he it. Came no, he, we he came out. He's like, they said somebody said you guys have icy. I was like, I got biofreeze, and he's like, yes. So I'm biofreezing the shit out of his legs and his lower back. <laughs> <laughs> he finished. That dude finished too. He's never had a finish. Oh, he smoked me on the bike too. He goes. All right, so he was a Clydesdale. If, if anybody for the the listening world doesn't know what a Clydesdale is, it's just very felt guys, the ones that like to carry a little bit extra man meat on our body for the winter and summer because we like to stay warm in the winter and sweat in the summer. So we carry an extra couple little fluff. You know, we're we're manly men, we're we're lumberjacks, and we're also stay puff marshmallow man for Halloween. So. <laughs> He he smoked me on the bike. He's like, see you later. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy is beating me. Because to me, a competition is everything. Like, honestly, my kid starts drinking his water too fast. I'll grab a glass of water and be like, fucking got you. I'll get my water with you. Like, everything's a competition. And this guy beat me, was beating me right out of the gate. And I'm like, asshole. Like, there he goes. And then I caught him on the run. And I'm like, gotcha. I'm going to steal your soul. And he's like, I really need some ice cream. I'm like, oh, I'll be your friend. Like, you need something? Okay. You need to go over here, but I'm, I'm going to continue to pass you now. Like, because I can't m- – the end of my race, I was running with this guy, Mike, from Long Island. He's 65 years old. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to shuffle. I'm like, I think I'm going to shuffle with you. He's like, you're a young man. I'm like, I'm 41 today. It was my birthday. The race was my birthday. Mm-hmm. That was my birthday party. And thank you, Val, for the – for the, for the cake, I could barely put in my mouth because my arms were so sore. I said spread cheeks on them. That was awesome. And also, cream cheese is my fake cake. And the kids did eat all of it when I brought it home. And I'm like, you bastards, I feel good now. Where's my cake? And they ate it all. But uh, he's like, but uh, but he was like, hey, do you, I need some ice shots. Do you have any of that? I'm like, no. I got a lot of Vaseline. I got a whole asshole full of it. He's like, what? I'm like, no, never mind. <laughs> I'm like, go see Val. I'm like, who's Val? I'm like, just go see Val. He's like, he's like, who's Val? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Go to the victory tent. They got you. <laughs> Mickey, cut me. Cut me, Mickey. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it was. It was definitely a cool birthday celebration for you. It was. And it also got me in, almost in trouble the next day with Ben and Kate, by the way. Uh-oh. I wish we could be there. Me, Kate, and Ben almost got in trouble and signed up for the relay high off a race. And we're going to sign up for the relay that night. And then my dad was standing in the corner and goes, your wife's going to divorce you. And I'm like, I, th- I think you're right. I'm like, okay. So we did not sign up for the but That's when that went. Instead of like, wow, that was really great. I'm tired. I'm broken. I don't want anything else. Me and Ben had a couple of beers. And we're like, we should do Muncie Relay. And Kate's like, we should do Muncie Relay. And we started figuring out the logistics of it. And I'm like, yeah, my, 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 my dad's like, you have 10,000 staples that you still have to remove on your steps. And you're talking about racing again? Josie's going to leave you. And I'm like, she is going to leave me. Maybe no racing. <laughs> that was a smart move. I'm proud of you. Was that, Wait, was that the night after the race? Was that that night when I was, like, sleeping on the kitchen table? Or was that the next day? It was both. We continued that conversation. We started the conversation watching Batman. 
me and Ben sat down the couch. I'm like, we're, we're going to watch some TV and have a beer. I think I took two sips. He did too. And I woke up and Ben was gone and it was morning <laughs> and Batman was over. And my, my alarm didn't wake me up because you turned it off. That was your fault. I was trying to get to a race, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the race to nowhere oh my god it literally went off for like 45 minutes i was like i'm gonna fucking kill somebody i swear to god i have a question though iron man's done like you just said we checked that box you were there i stumbled over what them trails do listen the, the man that you need to talk to he's right here because <laughs> because he knows i'm coming I- and Shane Boyd literally just asked me the other day, too. He said, when are you coming out? I said, I, I, I am afraid to go out until then. I don't because if I if I face plant after Marine Corps, if I break an ankle, if I bust myself up, it, that, it's whatever at that point. I can't afford to do that. Yeah, you're, you're too close to the target right now. Yeah, yeah I stay on path. Yeah, I've I've got to, I've got to shoot that down. I know Coach Lauren is probably very appreciative because I I tend to err on the side of no caution and YOLO it. and uh, fuck it. And I'm I'm trying to be My very people. very yeah I'm trying to be very smart and and I'm trying to really make sure that I'm doing everything I can to get to the finish line that day because that race means more to me than anything else I think I could do at any point. So that's that's first, and in about four weeks. You will catch me in some trail shoes and uh, catch we're, me we're, outside. Catch me out. Catch me outside. How about that? That's mm. that's what's coming. So I mean, I, I hear that uh, it's it's a good place for us party packers. You know, I'm I'm just saying. So I look at trails like this, and I think that's more my people. Sorry, every Iron Man out there. I'm getting my M dot tattooed on Thursday, but I think trails are my 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 right. I saw a funny meme. It was like there was two runners running. They're like, we're on path. We're running. And then one guy goes, saw a trail. He's like, what's over there? He's like, don't go there. Don't go to the trails. I heard they have snacks. <laughs> it's like, I think trail running is like something I want to get into because it, it, I think that's where the misfits play more. I think that's where the carnival horror goes a little bit harder. And it's just a place of debauchery. <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying right now. It's like, you know. <laughs> I just, I have a feeling that's where the horror movie starts and I want to play. I want to run from the guy with the chainsaw and I want to hide in the bush and I want to like take a shit on an owl or something and just go play in those woods. Oh, they're the, the, the best. I didn't hallucinate at all during my race, which I was rather pissed off because I figured I didn't get the full experience. So maybe I didn't go far, far enough. So maybe like, 200 is, is my next. I, I don't know. I want to hallucinate at some point, though. What a goal. But <laughs> used to pay four bucks for that. Like Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I first got introduced to the Oil Creek, I was, I was pacing my friend Sam, and there's four sections that are at the OC. And when we were in section four, this was it, like, it was dark, dark. Um, I want to say it was like, nine ten o'clock at night somewhere in there and there was this cow mooing <laughs> this cow for miles all like i was like is this fucking thing following us like what is happening <laughs> and then like uh the, the facebook group <laughs> afterwards like a week post race was like hey did anybody hear, hear that cow in section four <laughs> Damn it! I thought I thought that was my 
How dare you steal my audio hallucination from me? <laughs> so then, then I, I want to talk about my sticker. Um, that sounds very weird. It's a very transition because I the reason why I'm saying is because I asked the lady before I started my Ironman race. I stopped at the local uh, fleet fleet feet. What's it called? Feet fleet 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 of feet toes anonymous. Yeah, something. I stopped in the local running store and I was like. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going for my Iron Man. I just want to get some some fuel, buying fuel. And I grabbed the 140.6 sticker, and she's like, no, I'm not selling that to you. And I'm like, why? I'm going to do it. I'm going to complete it. She's like, well, you haven't yet, so I can't. I'm not going to sell you the sticker. And I'm <laughs> like, well, okay, fucking cool, whatever. And I'm like, what kind of running do you do? She's like, oh, I do trails. I do Burning River and Akron, and I do all this. I'm like, what's that like? And my father-in-law was with me at the time. He's like, He's shaking his head like, your wife's going to kill you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know. He's like, you haven't even done your Ironman yet. And you're asking about 100-mile trail trail runs. I'm like, well, I got to set the next thing up. Like, I just can't be done. And, like, I only gonna, I'm only doing this one Ironman. <laughs> sure. But I, I want to see what else is out there. And she's like, it's this and that. She put me on the Facebook group for Ohio. And then one of my good buddies from high school, not, I wouldn't say good buddies, but re, reacquainted buddies, is a trail runner. He's like, heard you like trails. I'm like, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and I, maybe I want to get into it. But the beautiful thing was I came back from Ohio. Uh, from, sorry. I came back from uh, Maryland. And I was coming back from my office at work. And I had like, it was on the way home. I'm like, oh, I'll just stop in there and grab my 140.6. And I rolled in and grabbed it because at Fleet Feet, it's right at the front door. They have like a whole tray of stickers. And I grabbed it. I don't know this person from Adam except for a couple conversations about getting the right shoes and all that and how I wanted to do trails. And I heard you got good snacks. She's like, we have the best. I'm like, that's what I hear. Like, I had bone broth and, and an Ironman. Thank you for the 140.6. Here's a glass of salty chickens. Cool. I, I heard you guys got like lasagna and you had like real meals. It was like, don't you get fat at home? And I'm like, I do. But like, if I can get a couple extras, like I'll take it. <laughs> I grabbed that 140.6 sticker, 140.6 sticker, and I went to go. I held it above my head like I was returning home a champion. I held it above my head, and I walked towards the register, and she started crying. And I started crying, too, and I'm like, I did it. Like, goodies never say die. Goodies (laughs) never say die. And I'm like, I know. And she's crying, and I'm, like, all watered up. And I'm, like, I just got off a business call, and I'm now babbling in Fleet Feet why, like, people are getting their shoes. And I'm, like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on right now? And I was, like, Goonies never say die. And she's, like, you did it. And I got to the register. I pulled my debit card out. She's, like, just take it. I'm, like, that's shrinkage. (laughs) <laughs> she's like, just take it and she's like i don't even know you and i'm crying and i'm like i don't know you either and i'm crying we're best friends what the trails do she's like i'll email you <laughs> she'll email you and uh, chris will start sending you tentative races to look at your calendar for next year Oh, there's a website. It got every hundred mile in every state. <laughs> I think that's it. Like my next one, like it, I, I want to go for, I want to go for a hundred. Like I have never done the small race. Like when I first started with victory, I was 200, I was 325 pounds, 330 pounds. 
And they're like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, a half marathon. They're like, what about a 5K? And I'm like, fuck your 5K. Like, I wanted to do a half marathon. They're like, okay. So I did one. They're like, he did one. He goes, what do you want to do next? I'm like, another half marathon. I did another one. They're like, what do you want to do next? I'm like, uh, seven. Uh, it's a one mile, a 5K, and a half marathon all at once. They're like, if that's what you want to do. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what's next? I'm like, half Ironman. And they're like, why don't we try like a, a an Olympic? I'm like, no. I only want the big ones. Like, like That's what I'm a she size said. queen. Like, I only want the big ones. That's totally what she said. <laughs> Why am I going to dabble? Let's just go all in. <laughs> I support all these decisions. I just want to throw that out there right now. You, well, it was... you sound like a man after my own heart. Well, and it was funny because we had like a call, what, maybe like a month ago about, you know, team races for next year. I'm looking at like, marathons everybody wants to do and 70.3s or full ironmans or whatever but like maybe we should have a like a sidebar call about a hundred mile race that we all want to go do i'm just saying just throwing that out there might not be a bad idea well name the time and place i'll be your huckleberry (laughs) i I won't even train i'll still finish i don't give a shit like tooth or nail i'm finishing what about that rabid raccoon yeah So, like, even the name of it, Rabid Raccoon, has already stole my heart. Even though it's in March and it's shit and it's muddy and gross. Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, if this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. I mean, but you might if as well you be- call it a Rabid Raccoon, like, I, yeah, like a name like that deserves uh, a spread cheeks coming in there. I feel like that's uh, that's pretty fair. I feel like if we're rolling deep with uh, Chris the Viking. Valzay's station and uh, the spread cheeks, Shane Boyd, Driz, maybe, maybe Bean. Bean we name. Could, yeah, we could get Bean in there and Emily. I mean, we got a whole crew of people. We could really roll in pretty deep. I'm just just throwing that out there. So, like, what's what will the snacks look like? Because I'm not, I'm done with bone broth. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, if you're going to go with uh, like a soup kind of deal. During the OC, this was probably, I don't know, something in the early, early AM. And I was freezing. I was standing next to a fire and somebody gave me a cup full of beef stew with like chunks and everything. So I'm standing next to this fire as close as I can get without lighting myself on fire, eating this stew. And then they're like, well, you got to go now. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm I'm good right here, buddy. <laughs> like, we're solid. And then as we left the aid station, like this crystal, it it wasn't snow, but it was like a, a freezing fog. We went through that. This so is like I a left, horror movie. Yeah, I left the freezing fog. I love comfort, it. Yeah, to the freezing fog. But it's it's whatever. It's a smorgasbord. They have PB and J's. They'll have uh, quesadillas. Quesadillas. They'll have uh, grilled cheeses. They have lasagna. They have my favorite is the one aid station had like uh, what are they called? Pinwheels, turkey. Oh pinwheels. yeah, those were good. I was taking those by the like the fistful. Listen, Iron Man. Public service announcement. Chips and pretzels and bone broth. 
you're really starting to lose people. We need uh, like filet mignon. Potatoes, pierogies, um, what other kind of rice krispie treats. How many how many people run one of these? Like what like there was fifteen hundred people at uh, Maryland and nine hundred finished. How many people run one of these races? Like who's how many sign up for? Um, the OC kind of works like a hundred do the hundred, two hundred will do the hundred K, and then like three hundred will do the fifty K. If you're saying there'll be leftovers. Yeah, yeah. So we could finish and get a whole plate of lasagna. We could do that. Um, what else could the school make? Uh, Little Caesars was a sponsor, so there was just like a whole stack of Little Caesars pizzas. I think you could really capitalize on an aid station at one of these races. If you pull out square pizza from like like old lunchroom pizza, yeah, oh, yeah like the Tostinos party pizzas, even. Yeah, you just make like, a bunch of Tostinos party pizzas. Yeah, if you do like old lunch lady pizzas. And then the next one you have uh, what was what was the other staple at the lunchroom? Nachos. The old not the the lunch lady nachos. The can of whiz from cheese and <laughs> the ground beef. Like Ooh, I, you could tell a chicken patty sandwich. Chicken patty sandwich for chicken sure. Chicken patty sandwich. That golden brown these, circle. All those circle chickens. Things that were like on the lids of uh, buns, but there was this. Mystery meat and then sauce and cheese on top of them. I was always afraid of the pizza burgers. I don't know. What's a pizza burger? What? Listen, I'm done with Iron Man. Tell me about these pizza burgers. (laughs) It's like Chris said. It's literally like like the top of a bun. And then they loaded up like a pizza. But there was always some kind of like mystery-ish sauce. Like it wasn't pizza sauce. but It's it's a ghetto bagel bite. Yeah. (laughs) It's an open face bagel bite. Yeah. So like mom ran out of shit, but she had like those hot dog buns left over from two Sundays ago, some marinara sauce from the last one, and a couple little bits of pepperoni and some mozzarella. I'm in. Those are delicious. <laughs> Chris, it sounds like you don't even have to twist this guy's arm hard. Uh, not at all. Like he's ready. Sign oh, no, tomorrow. no. It, it is completely game on. So the next match I have is Ohio 70.3. Iron Man granted me a deferral because of my medical situation. And I'm coming in there like a rape tape. Thanks, Coach Hartman from football. I'm coming in there fast <laughs> and furious. And my goal is off season. So off season for me always has been. I, I always followed the bodybuilder path. I always wanted to be, you know, die big, carry a heavy casket. Just be as big as you can. Monstrous. So now um, my goal is to become lean and fast. So this offseason, I'm going to try to drop another 40 or 50 pounds. I'm still a big boy. I finished my Ironman, by the way. If anybody out there is like, I can't do it. I'm too heavy. I finished my Ironman at 270 pounds this year. So that was the weight. I weighed myself in. I weighed myself out because I'm so sick of hearing people say, I need to lose weight first. I need to do this first. I need to, like, make sure Mercury's in retrograde before I fucking do this. Whatever. Like, I I don't play by those rules. I don't play by the rules of, like, I need to do something before I can complete this. Mm. And I don't need to play by the rules of you're too big, you're too small, you're too slow. I play by the rules of heart. My heart says I'm strong and I am going to fucking do it. My heart doesn't know die. My heart doesn't know quit. My heart doesn't know like I need to not, I need to stop. 
my heart is says you're gonna complete this you're gonna show your kids you're gonna show everybody that said no fuck you and i did, did we just become best friends do you want to do karate in the garage i want to do karate in the garage right now i have kempo sticks <laughs> i feel like you two need a babysitter <laughs> do they have beer probably yes if it's me absolutely no, but I mean, but to be honest with you, when I went into all this shit, when I started all this, they go, even even family members were like, lose weight first. I'm like, well, fuck you, lose my number. Lo- lo- do this first, do that. I'm like, you don't understand any of this. Why are you telling me what to do before I do something? Why are you telling me that I can't when I can? Why are you saying you should probably like do stretching? I fuck stretching. Like, stop inputting where you have no output. Your output is the TV. Your output is doing nothing. My output is grinding like a motherfucker and getting something done. It always has been my entire life. I don't care how hard a situation is. I don't care how tough something is. You put it in front of me. I'm going to grind it down to a fucking nub until I get it done. Don't come at me with your shit. Because only it's going to be fuel for my fire. Pour kerosene on my head. And call me a Buddhist monk, and I will burn my ass in a temple. Because I will complete whatever I put my heart into. Don't say no. You say no, I say fucking go, to be honest with you. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still a fat guy. I'm 270 pounds, 273 could have some beers. And I will fucking do it. And I don't care what you have to say. To me, let the haters sing loud so my applause will fucking outweigh it louder for the people in the fucking back absolutely when i see big dudes racing like me if i see big dudes in the gym people have insecurities they have strong fucking insecurities and you know who does everyone that hot girl making an instagram post throwing her booty out has insecurities that nobody likes to see it. So she has to post it 10 times. You know, has insecurities, that guy with a rip six pack ass. He still feels, still feels like an asshole going in the target when a shirt doesn't fit. Stop worrying about everybody else. When you start something, what they're thinking about you. Cause they're thinking the same shit about themselves. All the people in that gym, all the people on that treadmill or running that course if they're six or 65 all have some sort of fucking demon in their head where they're trying to fight it and they're worried about somebody else. When you're worried about them, how they're looking at you, they're worried about you looking at them. Everybody's fucking worried and everybody is have some sort of constraint on themselves. Stop. Look in the mirror and say, fuck you. Say, fuck you, I got this. Just say, I got it. That's all you got to say. Those words have been magical throughout my entire fucking training. You got it. You got this. Kate, I think, was the, the Sharpie bandit who put one of those on my Pringle cans for the race for my special needs. Says, you got it. You got this. And I read, I'm like, yeah, I fucking do. I got this. And that's more people need to live by that. More people need to say, I got this. Instead of worrying about fucking social media or worrying about how they feel when they go to Planet Fitness because they're going to look down upon. 
it don't matter if you're going to run a 5K, a 10K, a 100K. I know we're talking about really big stretch goals of what you want to complete. I was 325 pounds two years ago, and I'm a fucking Ironman today at 270 pounds. All I had was one thing. You got this. And the second thing that came to me was when people saw it in my eyes, when people heard my voice and they believed it and said, yeah, you fucking do, bro. You do got this. Okay, we got your back. Because no one's going to believe you unless you fucking believe you. So just start believing you. Fuck everybody else. Fuck everything. Make sure you're taking care of your family. Make sure you're staying in check. Make sure you're checking in with your people. And at the end of it all, look in the mirror when you take a shit, when you take a piss, when you brush your teeth, look in the mirror and say, yep, I fucking got this. Truer words never spoken. Literally, because everybody's worried about everybody else. You're everybody is worried about everybody else. Everybody's You're the only about, person. You just gotta worry about you. That's it. It's you fucking versus you, and those yous can be ten fucking demons in your head. Ah, kid, ah, you got this fucking demon in your head. Forget about. It. No, everybody's got that demon, and those demons are you. It's fucking you. It's you versus fucking you. You may think that Tommy, ten thousand followers, whatever, has more people saying. You're great. He's got 40,000 saying you're not. The only person that really needs to believe it and trust it is you. And if you have a coach and a good coach is them. And I know goddamn my coaches have my back and our team has my back. And I know when they say when I'm in the doubt and I have a shadow of fear in my eyes and they say, you got it. I'm like, you fucker. I may look like fucking Rudy. You got it, coach. <laughs> I, I, I do have it. Because I know if you're gonna, if I'm gonna lose doubt, you're not, and you're gonna give it back to me. We're gonna trade that energy. But when it comes down to when you brush your fucking teeth in the morning and you put on your shoes and you look at yourself in the mirror, you really—that's my encouragement to all the fat people. Sorry, bad words, scary. Ew, fat. No, I'm fat. Fat <laughs> people, fat people, wake up. Don't don't look at Instagram. They ain't got a diet they, that's gonna fix you. They ain't got a fucking plan that's gonna fix you. You got to fix you. You got to fix you. You got to take out the fucking socket wrench. You got to take out the fucking screwdriver. You got to put in the work. You got to decide that it's my time to live. I'm going to fucking be this person. I have put my heart into it and I'm going to fucking go all out. And I'm going to say, fuck everyone else. I'm going to say, hold my beer, smoke my joint, take my hit, do whatever you need to do. Sit there on your ass and watch this fucking show. Watch this fucking show. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be passionate. It's going to be probably hard to watch at most times because you don't know what's going on. But at the end of the fucking day, we're going to fucking get down. We're going to get fucking dirty. And we're going to spread fucking cheeks. Give it the old Ben Holly. Yeah. By the way, this whole speech is really frowned upon at the Catholic University cross country meet that I went to last weekend. They, <laughs> they have not invited me back. And my son's still on the team, but my wife has to attend the races now. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's great energy. And, and I think it's, I, I very much appreciate it because and I think that's everything that anybody needs to hear that it's just, it's just you. It's you're the, you're the biggest person holding yourself back and you you're play not in your own fucking anymore. arena. And now look at how much your arena has grown, what it's about to do next. So 
That, about to go on some is. rabid raccoon shit next. That's what I'm saying. Everybody out there, you you remember that. You you look out because victory's coming for rabid raccoon in the spring. <laughs> We're coming for all of your unborn, your future born, your family, your grandfathers. Ben's dad was there. We are a family organization that likes to get down and dirty. Amen. Amen. Well, on that note, though, we are so glad that you came on. You shared your experience with us tonight. Thank you for being so candid always. It's one of my favorite things about you is how willing you are to just always lay it all out there. The good, the bad, it doesn't matter. You're just there to spread cheeks and have a good time. And Spread and fucking that... cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit that people need to hear sometimes. The the stuff that nobody wants to say and the stuff that nobody no, wants no. to hear. Don't be we, scared. We gotta, we gotta say it, you know? <laughs> Listen, spread cheeks. It. Spread cheeks has gotten a, a negative con- connotation to it. They're like, "What does that mean?" Spread cheeks really means take anything, and I I know I I concocted it in my old mind. Spread cheeks just really means whatever opening you see, fucking spread it and take it. Like if if it's a butthole, whatever, that's you. But if it's <laughs> but it really means like nobody fucking cares. Nobody really cares as much as you do. And if you really see it, spread it. Fucking go. Spread cheeks, baby. Just fucking get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Just fucking go. Every day. Every fucking day. (laughs) Well, Tanza, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We cannot wait to see you, I guess, on these trails out there that uh, we're going to start training for here pretty soon. Chris Chris will have you all the info about the OC in about uh, two hours, so... I'm I'm game, dude. I am game. I'm more amped up right now. I might go run tonight. Do it's it. It's not in go training it. peaks. It's not in training peaks, but you know, I'll still do it. You're just that hyped. You're just that hyped. I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm, <laughs> I'm hyped. Fuck up. It. Let's go. Ah, let's go. <laughs> no, we will definitely see you soon. We can't wait to see what you do next. Where this journey takes you, and and how you come out of this off season to to rip next season a new asshole. I'm I'm super excited for you. No off season, man. I don't have an off season. Like I'm not there yet. I still have a lot of work to do. I really do appreciate all of that. I do appreciate the support that everyone's given me. I know sometimes I'm the the jester of the group, but I like to call myself the dark jester. Like I want to take take you there. I want to bring you up. I'll bring you down. But I definitely will always be by every everybody's side who puts into the grind. And if I see you in the gym, you don't know me, and say hi because we'll we'll be best friends as long as we can. You're not offended. Not easily <laughs> offended. <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as you don't ever get offended. <laughs> not easily. Because it's always going to come at you at a different level. <laughs> we will definitely catch up with you very soon here. Right on. I love you all. Like, you all guys right, are all We awesome. love you too, bud. We love you too. Take care. See ya. Later. Bye-bye. Bye.